Well, guys, let's get started, huh? Okay. Sure. All right. Well, I will pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this group. Thank you for meeting. Thank you for your word. And thank you for what it says. Lord, help our lives to reflect what it says so that we can be salt of the earth. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So let's go ahead and if you three want to break it up and read it, and then we'll dig in. Dwight, you want to, or who's got their Bible open and ready to go? We're so we're in 1 Corinthians 8, chapter 8. All right, go ahead, Deb, and one, two, three, four. So just read the first paragraph. Okay. So one through three. Okay. Uh, now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God. Thank you. Who wants to take four through six? I got it. All right. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, Mine goes through whom we have, oh uh can you read till two seven or did, did you finish chick six no i finished five okay go to six yes yeah, yes six. for us there is but one god the father from whom all things came and for whom we live and there is but one lord jesus christ through whom all things came and through whom we live monica want to finish up for us Sure, however, there is not in everyone that knowledge. For some, the consciousness of the idol and to now eat as a thing offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. But food does not com commend us to God. For neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse. But beware, let someone, that let somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not, be, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sing against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. Awesome. So what I'm about to say is important, so I want to make sure everybody gets it. All right, no one else is coming. All right, the teacher is left the building. <laughs> <laughs> All right, food sacrifice to idols. Guys, this was really confusing to me. I read through this for the last seven years. I never paid any attention to it. 
didn't really care because it didn't relate to me. I wasn't sacrificing food, so I didn't really know anything about it. So back in this time, there was pagan worship. They worshipped a lot of gods, multiple gods, especially in Greece, uh, Corinth, and Athens. They were they went to these temples and they actually sacrificed certain foods and certain parts of the food to separate different gods. And this was like a this was a ritual thing. They did it all the time. Like they it was like just going to church on Sunday. It's just what they did. It was a part of their culture. So we don't do that. We don't go to a place, we don't go to a temple and worship and we don't sacrifice an animal, we don't cook it and we don't eat it and to please other gods, okay? That's not what we do in this culture. Uh, if someone has an example that is somewhat similar, get, you know, let me know. But the only other modern thought or idea that I can give you that didn't work close to this is, and I hope I don't make offense to anybody, but I was born and raised Catholic, okay? So every Sunday we would go to church. It was very important to do that. While there, um, majority of the time we had a chance to afterwards, who is it, who is it? Moshe, jump on in buddy. We're learning about food sacrifice to idols, okay? So let me just recap, man. I don't know if you've noticed, if you knew this, but back in the time when the Bible was written, where Paul was written, writing this, they actually, in Corinth and Athens, they worshiped a lot of gods. They were pagan worshipers, okay? And they actually killed animals and they sacrificed it and they burnt it to please the gods, okay? So now I was explaining, we don't do that this day, okay? We don't, I don't know if you know of anybody that does that, like all the time, on a ritual basis. Bob! Sorry for being late. <laughs> hey, do you, so I don't have to explain it again, Sac food sacrifice to idols, are you familiar with what they were doing back then? They went to temples, sacrificed? Very. Okay, good. So I don't have to explain that. You know that. So, and I was explaining, we don't really do, we don't do that these days. But the most modern example I can give you, and this is a personal example, is, and please let me know what your guys' thoughts, but I was trying to relate back then with now, okay? And it has to do with the Catholic faith and, um, <clears throat> When I went to, uh, what do you, uh, confession, the, the priest would ask me to do certain prayers, and one of them was Hail Marys, okay? And so, like he would say, do seven Hail Marys, ten Our Fathers, and you're good to go, or something like that, okay? This was when I was growing up. And so, when I would get out of the box or wherever, you know, where we were doing the confession, we would go kneel and we would pray. So the Hail Mary, I this is how it goes. I'm going to say it. So what do you guys think about this? Okay. This is what we will pray. It's in my mind. It's probably burnt there forever, but it's Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of uh, our death. Amen. Amen. So, I just did it. That's what the priest told me to do. I just, I just did it. Okay? And multiple people probably just do it. They don't think about it. But what are we actually doing? We're trying to make right with God by 
by doing something, just like the Corinthians were doing back in the day. They're burning these sacrifice offers to the gods to make them pleased. Well, what was I doing? I was trying to please God so that my sins would be forgiven. Okay, so just to give you kind of a real life example of back then. Now, what was I doing? I was praying to Mary, hoping that she'd pray for me and blah, blah, blah. Whether I knew what it meant, I don't know, okay? But I was trying to please God. I was there, I wanted to have my sins forgiven. I did something bad. And so this is what these guys were doing back then. They were sacrificing idols to please the gods, multiple gods. Okay, how was that modern example? Pretty good? Pretty close? What do you guys think? Well, you're trying, you're trying to atone for our, our sin. Yeah. The other one that comes to mind, and maybe it's got nothing to do with it, is uh, in the Mormon church. Uh, you know, it's not as far as atoning by what you do. I mean, like they will abstain from certain things, beverages, and certain things like that. So. Yeah, caffeine, um, stuff like that. Yeah, good. So you're trying to make right with God by not doing certain things. And as Christians know, we cannot make it right with God. We cannot do anything. We cannot earn our our righteousness with God. He has done everything on the cross. He died for us uh, because of what he did is what matters, not nothing that we did. So um, I went to India, and in India um, there are temples, and in the temples, Actually, there are people that bring like food, or they sometimes give you like these, these little things that they taste good. <laughs> but um, but I remember like I went and I I went to the temple and they invited me that and I took that. However, I la later learned like those are kind of like little sacrifices that they give to those statues. So hmm. um, as I think about that, I remember I told my husband that. And my husband was not very pleased with that. And in my head, I didn't necessarily see anything wrong with it. However, what if there was someone that was maybe thinking about Christ or why not, and they knew I would call myself a Christian, and they were to see me doing something like that, that may have caused that person to question. And I think in, in that, I was not thinking like, I was thinking just about the experience yeah yep rather than the action wow that's a good example and that's we're gonna go through that actually so that's really cool that was in India huh and we know that they they have thousands or whatever gods they're they're pagan worshipers you're gonna be very similar to what this is so did you have something to say Debbie no okay so uh, let's dig in. So this is three paragraphs. The first one, Paul, one through three, he's kind of giving us a little warning, uh, and we'll go through it. The second paragraph, he's going to be... Before you go on, Jay, yeah. I, I will just give you a... I, I like what both of you said, Yeah. but I think that in the American society, our offering is to Moloch, and we offer up our children mm. to be burnt. Yeah in the fire. Okay, yeah, good. That's what we do. Now it's not meat and like that. That's the, the, the temple of wealth and um, and that's what we offer it up to. Okay, so so can you dig into that deeper? So we are offering our children how to and who's Moloch? Like the well, society Moloch is, is the is the worst god of all the ancients and what they would do is they would burn their children in a pot. Okay. In order to sacrifice so that they had um, a good um, 
crop. Okay. Okay. So young women now, when they get pregnant, offer their children up to Moloch so they can go to college. Yes. So abortion. Right. But yeah. they're not they're not doing it to atone for anything. They're they're doing it for personal gain. Personal true. gain. True. That's that's true. Good point, Debbie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit different than here. I just you know, that's that's our societal yeah. equation. Yeah, good. I'm I'm trying to find oh, a modern temple, day. Yeah. The other temple that the other temple that we have, of course, is um, um, uh, Banquin Ballpark, and um, <laughs> you know those are the temples that we have. Sure. I just don't know of any burnt offerings that we have there. Do, sure. Do y'all know that Cardinal there is a, a what is it a Hindu temple here? Yeah. Right outside right out there. town. Yeah. It, have you ever been out there? Have you ever seen it? No. Yeah, just drive out. It's oh, is that uh, up by Hidden Valley? Yeah. But <laughs> Am I pointing the wrong way? Oh, I just did that yesterday, by the way. We just had to be driving by. I go, whoa, look at that. You know, and it's it's good size, and they're continuing to build on it. It's always empty. I don't know when they, I never see anybody there. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So, so the first part is kind of a warning. The second part, he's going to be explaining kind of what he's talking about, the knowledge in the first part of this chapter. The third part is kind of what can happen if we do these certain things. And so we'll dig in. Now concerning food offered to idols. We know that all of us possess this knowledge. The knowledge is coming. It'll explain in, in, chapter, in uh, verse 4. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. All right. So, we'll just keep going. <clears throat> if anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. There's two places I want to take you into the Bible that kind of um, goes along with this. Let's first flip over to Romans 14. And it's very similar to what we're reading here. Romans 14, verse 1. And I'm going to read through this, and you guys can follow along, because there's some points that I want to make here. All right. As for the one, so we're on verse uh, chapter, chapter 14, verse 1, and we're going to read through it. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome. Okay, so weak in faith. He's a believer, but he's, he's not yet mature. Or he's just weak in faith. Welcome him, but do not but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let no not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. So don't be judging each other. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Uh, the one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats honors in, uh, in, eats in honor of the Lord. Since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, 
and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the living and the dead. Um, why do you pass judgment on your brother or you? Why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand the, before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Go down to verse 17. I just want to point this out. Um, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. All right, flip back to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, 1 through 3. So, there is, there is some stuff going on here. Um, Paul is talking about knowledge. And really what it's going on is, um, I don't want to say this, this knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Okay, so some of the Corinthians in the church are being arrogant they are causing others to stumble that are weaker in the faith okay paul is calling this out but love builds up so we don't want in a matter of opinion if there are two brothers one weak in faith and one who's not we and what paul was saying here in both places we want to be careful not to cause the other one to stumble especially in the weaker of faith um, as we read before, we want to make sure that we are um, uh, we are seeking and searching for righteousness and and love and peace. And so we should never be harsh and mean or anything to the weaker brother. We need to be very careful with how we respond to the weaker brother, so we don't cause them to stumble. Okay, and this we can we can. We can shock on this to every single situation out there. Um, so we just want to be very careful if, if there's a weaker brother or a less mature brother that we're not causing, we're not being harsh to them. If their opinions differ from us, we want to love them and walk them through what's, why we think possibly they have the opinion in the wrong, you know, they just have a, a bad opinion or their opinion doesn't match up with scripture. We want to love them through it. We do not want to be harsh. That is not what love is and the whole point is to pursue love um so let's see what love is we all been there let's go to first corinthians 13 4. all right chapter 13 verse 4 love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it is not arrogant. That is specifically what's going on here in the chapter 8, arrogance. Or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. 
We want to be loving towards the weaker brother. If they confessed faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, believe that he died for his sins and is risen, and through faith alone that he is saved, he is a brother in Christ. Now, his actions should match up with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If he's weaker, we need to go along with him and guide him and bring him up to maturity. So, that is super important. We don't want to cause someone that Christ died for to stumble. We need to be very careful of that. So, here we go. Chapter, or uh, verse 4. Therefore, as to eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence, and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven and on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from all things and for whom we all or from whom we exist and the one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things and through him we exist so clearly this is the knowledge that to me it seems that the believers they agree on but some weaker in faith they're struggling with their past self they're still struggling with trying to please the gods um, and so they're just weaker in faith. <clears throat> I think specifically what they were talking about here was people that didn't want to eat the meat that had been previously quote-unquote sacrificed to the gods. Mm -hmm. so my understanding is that it eventually ended up in the marketplace. Very good. You know, so yes. That, so that if you thought that you shouldn't eat that meat that has been sacrificed to some god and my knowledge says well god doesn't care i'm eating meat it's just meat to me it's not any special meat because yep. i don't worship that idol but you do i should do it not eat it so it wouldn't offend you absolutely I'm a mature person i'm supposed to you're you're 100 right. We're we're leading into that. Okay. So, yeah, no, that's good. Thanks for bringing that up. Um. Yeah, we'll just we'll just trans. I just wanted to make a point from chapter four or uh, verse four to six that. Um. That's the knowledge that they're that the probably the strong uh, the ones that are using their knowledge or theology or. Their knowledge of God and it's using them to puff them up and they're saying so this is kind of what I got throughout the chapter was I can eat whatever I want because I know it doesn't I'm not pleasing other gods when I eat this meat but the ones that are weaker in faith so so that's puffing up like I'm not thinking about other people I'm just this is just what I'm gonna do and I know that I'm right with God through what I'm doing but they're not thinking about the weaker brothers that see them and causing them to stumble. And so that's the point I wanted to make. Yeah. This is kind of similar, and I don't know, I guess I connected in my mind. I go back to the Mormons. I lived in Utah for a good long time. And I had Mormon friends. 
and we'd go out to eat and, and I, I don't mind having a drink and of course mm -hmm. they don't drink. So when we would sit down at the table, I would not order alcohol. Drink when there's more than two of them. That's right. <laughs> so I would not, in deference to them, I would not, now I don't consider them, I don't want to say I don't want to consider them Christian, I'm not going to go that far, but in, in, in my mind, if there's any, hmm. any commonality in yeah. us as far as Christ, I don't want to, I don't want to get their back up, you know what I mean? I don't want to, so I have this, this beer in front of me, in their face, to make them be, make them kind of look at me in a certain way, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, I see you're doing that, you know. I want to have some kind of commonality with them. I don't want to go, yeah, my knowledge is better than yours, I'm having a beer. Yep. You know, and just, it's just that, that's what it's talking about, when I see that knowledge puffs up. Yeah, I, I know, I'm sorry you don't know, you know, rather than, yeah, okay, I'm gonna join with you in this. And I hope, and I hope through that we can, we can. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't even have to be with the Mormon church. No. I mean, in this culture, drinking is huge, especially back from mm -hmm. where I'm from, Wisconsin. And I can't even use that, that that excuse anymore. Everywhere drinks, right? And there's alcoholism all across all 50 states and probably the world. Mm -hmm. But, oh man, if you have a, here's an example. If, if there's a, a brother that, is recently saved, struggling with alcoholism, he sees right. a more mature brother who can have a beer, but he can he can restrain from uh, losing his focus or... Uh, overindulging. Yeah, overindulging, you know, being within his right mind, because we have to be sober of mind. <laughs> and so if somebody can, and can drink a beer without, you know, with, with staying sober still, or half a beer or whatever, you know, the Bible wants us to be sober of mind. And so if you can do that, okay. But if there is a weaker brother and he struggles with that, sees a more mature believer and he's like, well, he can drink. Well, then why can't I? And and that brother doesn't know to be sober of mind and he's seeing him drink. He doesn't know the whole story. Yeah, this guy just had a half a beer, just like the taste of it and that's it. Well, this guy goes out and gets, you know, wasted. And uh, conversely, he, I mean, the other guy, the, the guy that can't drink, will look at you and say, "Yeah, he gets it. Yeah, my friend gets it. He he gets that I can't drink." And then, then there's a connection there. there. That's when you that's when you have the the, the love builds up. Exactly. And then then the, you know I'm gonna drink. Get over it. You know? Yep. We need to be mm -hmm. we need to be really kind of more focused on other people than ourselves. We need to be focused on that person. Is this guy struggling? I, I try to really ask if I'm going to drink. I really try to ask that or the other person, is it okay? I don't want to cause you to stumble with that because I just really, alcoholism is really rampant in my family and I would hate for anybody to go down that path. And so I, you know, it's on my forefront with alcoholism. And so I just really don't want anybody to have to go through that. So for me, it's easy to like have it on my mind, but some for some, you know, maybe they never had to think about it, you know? But if we are looking to, to love and to, and to uh, try to build up our brothers, you know, we know that alcohol can cause issues. And so maybe it's just being more mindful of that, especially when we're doing something with, with drinking.
or any other thing that could be very addictive. So, shoot, you can even do it with gambling. Hey, you want to go pull the slots? You want to go play poker? Man, gambling is a huge addiction. So we just got to be mindful of a lot of those like things. The billboard of the, um, you know, it, it says, learn how to gamble less less often. Yeah. It's not like, don't learn, learn how to not gamble. We want you to gamble, but just learn how to gamble less often. Yeah. The problem is you can give me plenty of um, scriptures about drinking or not getting drunk. You can't get it at me any of them about gambling. Okay. Well, okay. addiction in general, there's nothing in there that says. Well, explain. Well, there's there is no there is no scripture about taking chances. Hmm. Sure. It, and as a matter of fact, in uh, uh, Acts um, chapter two, they choose an apostle by throwing yeah. dice. But when does gambling become? Oh, that has, has okay. a, a completely different su subject. Okay. Okay. So you're what just I'm making this about. point. There, there definitely is all kinds of to take care of your finances. Okay. Yeah. But you can't. Uh, as, um, uh, I learned this when because I don't. I think you're nuts if you gamble. But um, uh, uh, Bill, Bill, who's the, the uh, guy who wrote the uh, Forty Rules of something? Anyway, real uh, moral guy, uh, Bill something or other. Anyway, uh, he's a huge gambler, but he's a multi-millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not, he's not, he's, he's not gambling out of his abundance. That's, right. That's, I had somebody approach me when I was in Wenatchee and my favorite thing to do on weekend was $10 poker tournament. And, and he's really good. Somebody, so don't get somebody, <laughs> somebody said, "How can you do that? How can you gamble with your money?" And I said, "It's ten dollars. Well, I have to lose it, or I have it more." <laughs> yeah. I said, "Now I could take the same ten dollars. I could go to the theater. I was going to say, you go to a movie, man. Triple X movie. You know, what's worse? Yeah. Right. You know. So now, yeah, the gambling. So that's all I mean. Is there's no scripture. Yeah. I, I, sure. I, I wish there was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. No. But there is no scripture about gambling. Can you enlighten me now? Sure. Can you tell me what the problem with gambling is? I'm not understanding what the question is. We just went all through this. The problem with gambling is if you don't have the money, and okay. your, your desire is to is to. Uh, and that's what the, the problem with the, uh, the, the uh, hardcore gambler is. He's looking for that big payout. Well, why should a Christian be doing that? Okay, so it's an attitudinal issue. Yeah. And I can show you the attitude all through Scripture. Exactly. And, and, if I, and, if, and if somebody had a problem with it, or if his wife you know, brought him to me, I can say, here, let's go over this, all right? You know, uh, but, uh, but to go to a, if guy's an alcoholic, I got Proverbs, I got, yeah. I got uh, you know. You can hit him with I, the I book. Got, I got all over the place. All right. It becomes an addiction. Right. It can become an addiction. So let me just sum I, that I, up. I even have Ecclesiastes where you can have a little bit of wine, but not too much, okay? I think the problem is, I think the problem is different. It's the same problem that you have. <coughs> sum it up for us, Debbie, what is it? Uh, it's the same problem that you have if you have extra cash in your hand. What do you do with that extra cash? Do you go to the movies with it? Do you go gamble with it? Do you go to 7-Eleven and buy a, a couple of big bags of smart food? Do you um, 
do you give it to somebody who needs it? You know, what are you doing with that money? I, I, you know, and we're all guilty of that. It's not, Absolutely. It's not just gambling. Sure. It's not sure. just anything else. It's what are you doing with that money? Yeah. Is this the, the wisest use of your money? It's all self-centered. All self-centered. And of course, we're not perfect. We're not going to do it perfectly. But when you intentionally go in, and I'm not saying that that we shouldn't enjoy ourselves because I think God wants us to enjoy ourselves. And I think a $10 bet or a $100 slot machine is is not really an issue. But when it be but but when it comes to you know what is the best use of our time and money. Is that the best use of our time and money? And enjoyment is a good is a good reason to have to to use your money. That is a good reason. But when it gets beyond that, I think that's that's the issue. It's not that yeah you can get addicted, but it's overall it's the it's the the mindset uh, with Jesus go gamble. Yeah. So he might. When you know, he likes, might like a good time once in a while, but. I, I, yeah, I, I can't go there, but yeah. whenever something becomes an idol, takes our focus off of the living God, gambling, drinking, whatever, that's when the issues happen, okay, throughout Scripture. Whenever it becomes an idol and we are no longer thinking about, we're only thinking about ourselves and what we are doing and the focus is not on God, there is there will be issues. Yeah, the bigger, better car, the bigger, better house, the newer iPhone. I mean, and for all, why? All, to all, satisfy our desires. All this stuff plays in. And of course, we're human and we're going to be doing these things. So right. we need to be thinking about it. Okay. Good. Let's move on. However, verse 7. Not all possess this knowledge. So, more than likely, the, the weaker brother. Um, not grounded in what Paul was teaching. Christ uh, uh, crucified. So, but some through former association with idols eat food as really offered to an idol. So they're actually doing it, thinking that they're going to be right with this God or this idol, and their conscience, being weak, is destroyed, defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we eat, and no better off if we don't. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. And we were hitting on this, right? We've been hitting on this. So, for any, for if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? All right. So, and so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. Man, I feel like we've already hit this, guys. So, anybody want to add anything, or should I just finish it up? I think, I think you can point out that, that the reason we don't want, to guy, want this guy to stumble, because at that point, he thinks he's doing something wrong and getting away with it. He thinks that if he eats, he thinks he's not supposed to eat the meat. If we eat the meat, and he goes ahead and eats the meat while they're doing it, and in his mind, he still thinks it's wrong. I think that's the problem. He thinks he's doing something that he shouldn't be doing, but the other guy's doing it. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that sounds like to me that's what the issue is. Okay. Yeah, I would I would agree with that because, however, 
Well, let me see here. Not all possess this knowledge. It must... I don't, guys, I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn between the two. If he does know what he's doing or if he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, maybe it's either, either or both, but, you know, still, still I think, um, but like we, your, 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 your analogy with the alcohol, if he sees you drinking, well, I can have a drink. I'll be all right. And, and it could be either or. Mm -hmm. But we know that this is a proclaiming Christian in Corinth, okay? And he is, he sees someone eating. And guys, I think we're gonna get there too. So like Dwight was saying, some of the food that was offered in the temple, a lot of that food was being sold on the streets to, you know, people. And it was, it was- well, That was the objective. That sure. Was what was going on. They were, they were sacrificed in the temple and then sold on the street for a little bit more than the other because it was the finest cuts of meat that were being offered so that the uh, uh, the temple uh, the temple uh, priests were making money. Okay. But it, it, it's cleared up if you go back to where you were, uh, Romans chapter 14, verse uh, uh, 13 through the end of the uh, deal. It says, it says, do not cause another to stumble, and it tells you how you cause them to stumble. Which verse? It's chapter uh, it's, uh, 14, 13. 13. Okay. It, it goes on for a while. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on the one, on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is in, unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean okay that's right and so keep, keep going because it, it, it says exactly what uh, we were saying for if your brother is grieved by what you eat you are no longer walking in love but love but what by what you eat do not destroy the one for whom Christ died so do not let what you regard as good be spoken as of evil so it's the same as well as it happening in chapter 13 it's just a little bit more clarity yeah no i like that i didn't go far enough down on that one i probably did but that's good they're talking specifically about food here too like aren't they yeah specifically yeah specifically about, about food in chapter nine I mean, we're, or we're, at we're eight. extrapolating it out a little right. farther but they're talking about food exactly right here we are talking about food so and food sacrifice to items. Yeah. So Bob, it's, it's the best prime rib in town. So sure. That's where I'm going to buy it. Sure. Unless I got this dimwit here who doesn't know that it's okay for me to buy it. So, in my although I wouldn't call him a dimwit, because so I love him. In the study Bible, <laughs> it was saying that they were actually eating in the temples, and they would like right after they would they would serve like banquet hall style. So, did you think of that? Hear of that? Going to the temple would be a different a different function, and so yeah, that would that's a that's an extreme. Uh, watching your brother, you know, uh, pay fifty dollars to go into the temple to have to have dinner, you know, like like going to a Cardinals game and having hot dogs, you know. So, so yeah, it was just kind of interesting. There's a couple things going on here. So, thus sinning against your brother and wounding their conscience when it is weak, 
you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. So Paul here is saying, if it causes my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat because it's not worth it. I think whenever we study this, we get way too specific and way too drawn and way too, uh, you know, and trying to what's okay, what's not okay. No, you you know when there's a weaker brother. You know when uh, what their challenges are. I mean, if you don't, well, we hope so. If you don't, then that's not your fault. But you'll find out real quick. Yeah. Okay. We talked about drinking. We talked about gambling. We talked about. I mean, we're not going to have food sacrificed to idols. Okay. So we're okay there. But anything in which you and and so the the guy in your small group who has a challenge with you know, um, I, I don't know. Um, uh, there might be some. They might have come from a Jewish background. Okay. And they don't like the oh no a Muslim background a MMB a Muslim background believer okay and you bring them over for a pork dinner big mistake okay and, and you wouldn't you definitely wouldn't want to push that on him yeah he's a he's a brand new believer he's still he's got a tough time with pork he could have a tough time with pork for the rest of his life I'm okay <laughs> yeah that's just not what I'm gonna do so anyway yeah. that's uh, it, 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 we. This is a concept that uh, because you love your brother, you're not gonna mess <laughs> with his proclivities. Absolutely, absolutely. And where are some great places that we can get to know the guys better? You know, um, and like you were saying, you might not know them. So that's why I love getting to know guys. We can, we can fellowship, you know, through church, through small groups, through Bible studies, through family church. So, you know, we're going to get to know each other and, uh, you know, we're going to be able to encourage each other and pray for each other and uh, to love on each other. And so that's why it's important to, to know the people that go to church so we can, you know, just be a, uh, just be an encouragement to these guys. So, and we can't be friends with every single one, you know, but definitely... It's just good to have guys in your life that you can encourage. And so, encourage and pray for and, and help. So, because God wants us to, to love on these guys and to, to care about them. So, and we don't want to cause them to stumble. <clears throat> so, you guys have anything else? That's about all I got. So, um, just go over the very last uh, line. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat unless I make my brother stumble. So Paul's talking about the, I'll become a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. That's what the issue is, you know. Yeah. Uh, which is, he's he's talking about how far he will go. Yeah. It, with with the knowledge that he has. Yeah. And we know that Paul, in many instances, did did exactly those sorts of things. Absolutely. Okay. So. How far are we willing to go? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. And in chapter 12, if you, chapter 12, verse 12, you know, that's pretty heavy. When you sin against your brothers in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. You must be in a different book than I am. Different book. Verse 12? Oh, verse he 12? said verse 12. Verse 12. Verse 12, not chapter 12. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> verse 12. 
Read it again. <laughs> sorry, I just couldn't find it. Verse I went 12, to chapter 12. Chapter 8, I'm sorry. Okay, that's okay. Uh, when you sin against your brother in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Yeah. So yeah. if we know we're doing that, yeah. now if I don't know he's got a problem with eating pork, yeah. then yeah. it's not a sin. But if I know it and still do it, then well, he's saying, If he's from Saudi Arabia, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Bob. I wouldn't even, when you said that, Muslims can't eat pork, I was like, oh yeah, I think I heard that somewhere. I am arrogant to the fact. And how many people ignorant. are? Ignorant. You're not arrogant. <laughs> ignorant. Thank you. I am ignorant to the fact. Right. If you were arrogant, arrogant, you'd just go eat it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am, I am ignorant to the fact, and probably in many ways ignorant, but... That's the same thing. Things. There are certain things that Jews can eat. So if you had a, a a Jewish background believer, you know, especially somebody who was a serious uh, Jew, and you had them over, there would be things that uh, that he couldn't eat also. So, but, yeah. like, like hot dogs. So <laughs> let's do this example. Okay. Nah, I don't. I don't want to go there. But if someone is ignorant in the fact, um, we are still called to be loving towards that person. So let's just go with. Let's just play with this, Bob. I invite a Muslim new believer over. Right. I feed him pork. Pork chops. <laughs> okay. You, as being a believer and just more rounded with the world and how it, you know, you Thanks. you come up to me and like, what were you thinking? Are you Bob? Bob, no, just hard. No. no. Okay. That, that's, no. Before you served it, I guess. Let's let's go out for pizza and without any um, uh, it's, right without sausage or, or pepperoni on it or ham right we'll just get some plain pizza. Yeah, most of, most of us, you know, you know, you know, if we're ignorant of, of the situation, you know, we sit down and offer them pork, and the guy's sitting there going, you know, you go, we go, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. Let's order pizza. Yeah. We would go, look, look, you're a Christian now. You can eat it. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Right. I'll actually reverse that. I have a brother who's, um, who it, it, it has just as much knowledge as I have, if not more. And, uh, but he has decided to go according to the Leviticus uh, rules, and he doesn't eat pork. Okay. He only eats a certain, and I had him over. And, I, and he just ate it anyway, because I forgot, like I said, ignorant. I forgot about his uh, concept. And, and, and you know, late, later on, he just told me, he said, well, you know, such as that, he loved me enough to tell me, you know, if we ever get together. And I, oh man, I'm so sorry. He said, no, it's no big deal. He said, I can eat it, and I know I can mm -hmm. eat it. I just choose not to, but you offered it, and so I did. So that got the whole thing all wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't any weaker brother. He wasn't any weaker brother, but yet he had a proclivity, and so I, now I know, uh, you know, serve him a good beef, and he's good. Yeah. <laughs> and today, you get in the habit of asking people because of all the allergies and yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. say, Is there anything you can't eat or you don't like? Right. I was planning on having spaghetti. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. With me in my house, I said, "Push it aside," because I'm serving. <laughs> what do you say? Push it aside. Push I'm it. I'm serving. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, and just thinking about others. Just thinking and caring about others. I think that's big. Brian would say, Brian Duke. <laughs> I remember what he, he said this a couple times. 
You just have to think about other people. You, oh, no, this is what he said. Just don't be a jerk. <laughs> just don't be a jerk. You know, that's what he would say. And so... We all have those jerky moments, though. Yes. Yeah. But what we do after that... Yeah. That is what's key, man. Yeah. Po- apologizing. Yeah, just to think about it. I mean, I just think about something that happened just the other day. Um, my daughter's having a hard time with her youngest six-year-old. It's, um, it's quite an issue, to be honest. Um, but she was telling me, she was telling me how guilty she felt about, you know, parenting. And um, it just felt like, and I thought, and I, and I just kind of, oh, honey, that's just the state of parenting. I mean, that's what mothers feel. You're going to feel guilty. I don't care what you do. You're going to feel guilty. And I thought about it later. I said, what she really needed was she needed to come over and hug her. Mm-hmm. You know, and tell her it's going to be all right. But instead, you know, I just, you know, I glossed over it. Just, you know, so, yeah, think about people. Think about what they need, not, not what you feel like you need to smooth the moment. Yeah. And hopefully, the more time that we spend in our word, the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we'll become like him, caring about others and thinking about others before ourselves, you know, understanding their needs better. And so we have we have something to look forward to, becoming your, more and more like him. Your example came up just not too long ago with Sharon and I. We were talking with somebody, and they were lamenting that their children were so different. And we shared that we felt guilty because we thought we raised our children the same and one's a believer and one's not, you know. And so we were saying, you're not the only one in that boat. Mm-hmm. We've been in that boat. It's just So you were empath- empathizing with them? Empathizing, I guess. Show yeah. Good. Empathy. Yes, you, you should definitely feel guilty because it's all up to the parents whether or not the kids become believers. Yeah, 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 <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Okay, Bob. <laughs> if you would have just done that one thing, but now they're going to go to hell for eternity. I know. Because, you know, because what you did. That is sarcasm. <laughs> that is Bob's sarcasm. The, the I know, it's hard the, to tell the, the difference. level of sarcasm. Very hard to tell the difference no, sometimes. No, but. it's not. Not if you have any doctrinal sense at all. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Guys, it's time to wrap up. <clears throat> so, Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. And thank you for this group that we can talk and get to know you better. And we can wrestle with these things. We can think about these things, meditate on them, so that we can go out into the world and do what you would do. Love on others, but speak truth in love. In your name, amen.